Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. Thank you. The Lord has been faithful all along. The Lord has brought us through. Can you believe some of us today? Can you believe you're here? Can you believe you're still here? And uh, the life that God has given you and uh, brought us through so many things. I think of this, and I think of this opportunity that God gave Rebecca and I to uh, take John to Victoria and, and drop them off at college. And, and what a change that is for all of us and our family. I thought it'd be best summarized with a text that I sent to our children last night. Well, just like that, we took John and Victoria to college, and tonight is Mom and I's first night without a child in our home since April 19, 1988. Just over 34 years. Truly, where did the time go? I want to say that we love y'all more than life. We're so thankful that we got to bring you into the world and spend all these years raising you and being a part of your lives. We're honored to be your parents. You and your families are always welcome back to your home. Mom and I will continue with Family Altar tonight as we did with y'all all those years. We appreciate so much your love and prayers for us. Please, 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 let's make the most of this gift of life and stay close to the Lord and each other. I love you, Dad. I was there yesterday looking around campus and I thought, this is a nice place. This is a nice city. I see why parents go to college with their children and uh, move to the area that they're in. But then Rebecca had read something sometime back and we were talking about this, a statement that was so powerful. I cannot be faithful where God has not called me. I've got to be where God has called me to be faithful to him, to be faithful in that place. And this is the place where God has us. Our children have grown up here, and they don't know anything other than this, especially the younger ones. This is literally all they've known their whole lives. And so it's a big change for our family. But uh, I was talking to Victoria, and she's having a hard time. And I said, honey, the way I try to deal with some things when it comes to the sadness about the transitions of life is I try to look forward. I said, I have to. I said, if I look back sometimes, I just, I just can't hardly carry that. And, uh, and I've had my moments, and Rebecca has, and we both will yet, I know, uh, because when you love your children, you love them. I mean, what can you say, right? And they'll never know that love until they have children and their children <laughs> go off one day. And uh, that's the love of a true parent. But I said, the only way I can deal with that a lot of times is just try to look ahead by faith and, and say, Lord, what's next? What do you have for my life? What do you have for our family? Because if I look back, wow, uh, that, that's hard. But I've got to look ahead. I said, that's the way I try to deal with it. And I, I tried to say, Lord, show me what you have. What's the next step? 
And uh, what do you want us to do going forward? I remember sitting in the office of Dr. Lee Robertson years ago, 1995 it was, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I said, Dr. Robertson, tell me about the work of Highland Park Baptist Church and Tennessee Temple University and, I mean, such a fruitful ministry. The effects are still felt to this day. And uh, he told me a few things, and I asked a few questions, and, and he said it was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. If you know anything about him, I can hear him saying that right now. But then he looked at me. Here I am, a, a young pastor. He said, well, what God has done for us in the past has been wonderful, and I thank him for it. But I would rather talk about what God has put in your heart to do yet at Shining Light. Let's talk about your future and the future of Shining Light. I thought, no wonder God used this man. No wonder that he lived to be 97 years old. No wonder God used him to make an impact upon this world that is still felt because he was a man of faith. And that's what God wants us to see today, and that's what God wants us to be, a people of faith. Evangelist Billy Martin said, I can't get anything done in the past. I must labor in the present with my faith forward into the future, following God and doing his will. One writer said, during my hardest days, I repeated the same phrase to myself, I cannot lose if I do not quit. I have to get in God's will with my eyes on the Lord and press forward. And do what God has given. That's what faith says. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm going to face. I don't know what tomorrow holds. But I know the one who holds tomorrow in his hand. And I'm just going to look to him. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Philippians. We're reminded of this passage here. That was the very sentiment. The mind and conviction of the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3. He knew that he had not arrived. There was room for growth and improvement. And so he was trying to get a hold, to lay hold of what God had gotten a hold of him for in verse 12. Then we read in verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to apprehend it. I, I know I've not arrived. God's not finished with me. I'm still here. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. The thought there is I just choose to put them aside. I choose not to dwell on them. It's not like I can just erase them from my mind. That's not the point. The point is, is they're there, and I have many good memories, and many of us do as well, but there are some things that bring sadness in our lives. He says, I, I choose to look beyond those. I choose to leave those where they are with God in my past. That's yesterday. It's gone. It's never coming back. And so he says, forgetting those things. Underline that word, forgetting. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. The word reaching here has the thought of to stretch. I mean, I'm going to go after what God has for me. I'm going to lay hold of it. By the way, you can't lay hold of what God has for you if you're too busy holding what you have for you. You've got to let it go so that you have an open hand with an open heart 
and an open mind that says, God, what you have for me is what I want for my life, for my future. I want what you want, Lord. Show me what you want with my life, and I will do what you want. That's the mind, the heart, and the spirit of a servant of the Lord, stretching, reaching forth unto those things. Underline those two words there in verse 13. Those things, chapter 4, verse 9, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Those things, what does those things represent? The things of God the mind of God, the will of God, doing God's bidding, those things that God has for you. God doesn't have the exact same thing for all of us when it comes to the circumstances of life, the opportunities of life, but God has something for us. What is that something that God has for you, that he's given you, that he wants you to develop forward and make the most of? Be careful not to waste or to squander by being distracted, by being discouraged, by being divided in your loyalties. A double-minded man will not receive anything from the Lord, James 1 says. We have to be single-hearted, single-minded to do what God has given us to do, reaching forth unto those things which are before. What does God have for my life yet? Where do we go from here? We embrace by faith who God is. That's really what faith is, is taking God at His Word. It's a fresh vision of God through His Word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And you know, the Bible teaches us that our vision for our future comes out of our vision of God, who God is. If we see the Lord through eyes of faith, high and lifted up, we know that He's a great God. There's nothing too hard for our Lord, nothing impossible with Him. What we cannot do, our God can. God wants us to have that kind of courage, that kind of conviction. So he says, forgetting, number one. Number two, reaching forth. And then number three, he says here, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. All that God wants me to be, but it's not just about doing, it's about being. It's about being conformed to the image of his dear son, Romans 8, 29. That's what God has said clearly that his purposes involve for each of his children that we would be conformed into the likeness to the image of His dear Son. It's not a physical appearance, but to have the mind of Christ developed within Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The mind of Christ, seeing things from a heavenly perspective to know and do the will of the Father and do it fully from the heart for His glory is to have that heart of Christ that spirit of Christ never spake any man like this man. Who is this man? They were taken back by his not only powerful words, words of authority, but his words of graciousness. Love flowed from the heart of our Savior through his words and his works. 
before the Father and others. God wants us to be more like Jesus. That's what he's trying to do in each of our lives. Yet we, we stop short of that. We think, well, no, it's more about church. It's more about doing. It's more about all the things that I'm trying to accomplish for God. Listen, it's not about our resume. It's not about a biographical sketch. It's about who God is and who we are in Christ Jesus and if we are becoming more like Jesus Christ inwardly, that will be manifest outwardly. We'll have the right priorities. We'll have the right understanding. We'll have the right responses to things. We won't make life about ourselves. We'll make it about the will of the Father, the glory of the Father, and the good of others. That's who our Savior is. He came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. That's what God wants us to have, that same spirit of service, that same spirit of selflessness, that same spirit of sacrifice. That's who Jesus is. I think about this. I read where George Mueller wrote, I need not despair because the living God is my partner in doing what he has for my life and for my future. I do not have sufficient wisdom to meet these difficulties, but he is able to direct me. I can pour out my heart to God and ask him to guide and direct me and to supply me with wisdom. Then I have to believe that he will do so. I can go with good courage to my business and expect help from him in the next difficulty that may come before me. Whatever I face, God helping me, I put my hand to the plow. I'm not looking back. I've got my eyes on the Savior, and I'm just going to keep going in season, out of season, when it's coming together, when it's coming apart, when it makes sense, when it doesn't compute, when everything is going according to my timetable, my expectations, when nothing is going according to my timetable, and everything, it seems has just turned inside out. I'm going to keep trusting God, and I'm going to keep going. I'm just going to give it to the Lord and rest in Him. That was the resolve of the Apostle Paul. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This mark, this goal that I have is to not only be conformed into the image of His dear Son, but to hear these words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You were faithful. You were true. You followed me with your whole heart. You stumbled, you got back up, you erred, you made it right. You sinned, you confessed it and forsook it. You tried to sincerely, genuinely, heartedly follow me fully. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I think of what was going on in the book of Numbers chapter 13. Do you remember when they sent the spies in the land and ten came back with an evil report and two, Joshua and Caleb had a good report. They were men of, of faith, men of vision. See, that's what Paul was. Faith, vision. I mean, there's a future for the child of God. There's more that God has for my life. He's not finished with me. When he completes his work in my life, he'll take me home, but I'm still here for right now. Lord, where do I go from here? What is the next step for me? 
Joshua and Caleb were ready to go to take on these giants. The spies said, oh, no, 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 no. We're not able. Caleb said, but we are able. We're well able. They said, no, we're not. The giants were bigger than them. And they said, we're not able. Joshua and Caleb saw that their God was bigger than those giants and said, but we are able. What we can't do, our God can do. I thought of this as I meditated upon Numbers 13, and perhaps I'll develop this again at another time and into chapter 14. Caleb had another spirit, a different spirit. It was distinct. It was set apart from the spirit of unbelief. It was a spirit of faith, a spirit of pioneering. He said, I want all God has for me and my family. I wrote these words and I thought about it. The pioneer sees the prospect, the potential of where God is taking, where God is leading, what God can do, what God will do. I came up with this word, and so just uh, indulge me here for this illustration. It's the momenteer. The momenteer. The pioneer versus the momenteer. I'm living in the moment. I don't see it. All, all I want is security and safety and comfort and convenience right here, right now. As long as I'm taken care of right here in this moment, I'm good. They have no faith. They have no vision. But what they don't realize is in the absence of faith is unbelief. In the absence of faith is fear. They think it's freedom, but it's really bondage. The moment here sees the problems, quick to look at the fault, the negative, the challenge, dismiss the efforts of others, miss even the very working of God Almighty. The pioneer looks forward by faith. The momentary looks back in unbelief. Would God we had died in this wilderness? Would God we had stayed in Egypt? And, and you know what's amazing to me? If you'll study that passage, you'll find that they said, let's get a leader to lead us back to Egypt. They already had a leader to lead them forward into the land of promise and blessing, but they didn't want that anymore. And by the way, isn't it amazing? If you want someone to influence you away from God and out of his will, the devil will always raise up someone to put in your path. There will always be someone there to talk it down, to talk you out of it, to make it so insignificant and unimportant or, or so fearful and so fretful and something that you get all worked up about so that you decide, you know what? I'm just not interested in this. You have to be careful there because they were more prone, more willing to follow someone back to Egypt than to follow the leader that God had put in their path forward into the land of blessing. Isn't that amazing? That's human nature. More willing to look back at what we perceive to be comfort, a refuge, easier than to press forward by faith. The pioneer looks forward by faith. The momenteer looks back in unbelief. The pioneer has to pay a price of God's choosing. There was a price. God allowed this. Through their unbelief, God says, all right, everybody 20 years and old is going to die here in this wilderness. I heard your, your cry. I'm going to grant your request. Think about it. 
an average of 41 funerals per day for 40 years because of their unbelief. And what's so amazing is Joshua and Caleb, they just had to wait. God allowed it, but they were willing to wait on God. When God turned their captivity and the 40 years wandering ended, they were going into the land of promise, and Caleb said, in essence, you know that land that you promised me back a long time ago for me and my family? I still want it. They're willing to pay the price. They're willing to endure, to wait, to trust God, because the waiting is an act of faith and obedience. I'm trusting God here. I'm going to do what God wants for my life. I have to wait on God. I'm going to say, but I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. Let's try this. Let's try that. Listen, if you're going to live your life and let circumstances determine in your mind what is God's will or not, what is of God or not, what you're going to do for God or not, I'll tell you what, you're going to be tossed and turned. You're going to be here, there, and everywhere. And it's never going to be anything or anyone who will fully satisfy and give you peace and power in the confidence in knowing, hey, I am doing what God has for my life. No one can give you that. No circumstance can give you that. No better opportunity can give you that. That's not something that comes from without. That's something that comes from the Lord within. And it's accessed by faith. The pioneer has to pay a price of God's choosing, but the moment here has to pay a price of his own choosing. And that price is always greater to not do God's will than to do God's will. I don't know where you're at this morning, what you're facing. I don't know what is trying to get your attention to look back. We all fight that battle. But I would encourage you today, just make up your mind afresh this morning that, hey, I'm going to get my eyes back on the Lord through his word. I'm going to see him high and lifted up. He's the great God of heaven. And I'm just going to trust him. And I'm going to walk in faith, in obedience to do what he's given. And if he says, wait, if he says, sit still, if he says, let me work out some things in your life, or in your situation that maybe you don't see. I was praying this morning, and uh, I said, Lord, I just I don't understand some things. And, and just like that, I caught myself before I finished the, the little phrase there, and I said, but it's not for me to understand. I know it's for me to trust. Help me, Lord. Help me to trust you. We don't live on explanations, it's been said. We live on promises. But this is what God says. If I feel it, if I don't feel it, if it makes sense, if it doesn't. If it's something that I can see, if it's something I can't see at all, by eyes of faith, I look to the one who sees it clearly. So I'm going to lay hold of what he's laid hold of me for. I'm going to put my hand in the plow and I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to be excited about my future because God has a plan. God has something yet for me and for my family, for you and your family. God is at work. We have to trust him in all this. The only other option is in unbelief to harden ourselves, to shut ourselves down, to withdraw from God and others even and miss that opportunity to see God work, to do what only he can. I want to tell you, we have a God in heaven who's still at work in this world. Do you believe that? His word is true. His word is powerful. 
And God will help us today if we're willing to humble ourselves and say, Lord, I want to be someone who follows you fully. That pioneering spirit to just be willing to trust you when things aren't just all together laid out before me, but just looking to you and walking in the light of your word, Lord, I'm willing to do that. I believe, help thou mine unbelief, Lord. Help me to trust you more fully. Help me to follow you faithfully. And help my heart to yearn for you more fervently, Lord. Oh, may it be so. Let's bow our heads for prayer. I think about this statement. It's so powerful when I consider what this gentleman said. During my hardest days, I repeated the same phrase to myself, I cannot lose if I do not quit. I hope you'll write that down. I cannot lose if I do not quit. You say, but my circumstances look bad. They've kind of come out from under me. and I mean, it looks like I've lost. But you have not lost if you're in the hands of God, if you're doing God's will for your life. You cannot lose even when you face deep difficulties, disappointments, and setbacks. You cannot lose in the will of God. Outside the will of God, you cannot win. You've got to see that. And no one can keep you from doing God's will for your life but you, yourself. So I can't lose if I don't quit. I've just got to keep going. I've got to persevere. I've got to trust God by faith and keep a hold of what he's doing in my life and the promise that he's given me. Maybe God is speaking to your heart. I prayed this morning. The Bible said, it is a spirit which quickeneth. Only God can make a text like this come alive for each of us. And some of us have heard this text, read it even many times, but it is the living word of God. And God wants to quicken each of us. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.